Nerds International proudly presents. You know what is really scary? Mother-in-laws. Ah, ah, oh, for fuck's sake. Okay, I will go back to my day job, but scary things must mean it is time for... Another DCC RPG actual play featuring Grimald and the Butler. I hope you both spare underpants, children, because it's going to be fucking mental. Welcome back, everyone. This is our DCC RPG actual play. My name is Harrison Hunt, your humble game master, or judge, as it's called in this system. Oh, yes. And I just want to say it's good to be back, in oh, it? Oh, boy. Feels I feel nice. a warmth in my heart, and I just want to introduce our players today. Uh, we'll start with James Clark. Who are you playing, mate? I'm James, and I'm playing the butler, who's Lord Grimm's butler. And speaking of Lord Grimm, Nick, who are you playing? Hello, my name's Nick, and I am playing Grimald, and I am a noble obbit. So, well, that's it, isn't it, really? So let's bloody get on with it, shall let's we? This. Let's not Let's not muck around, no buggering about. Grimald and the butler. You have been in the domains of dread known as Ravenloft for some time now, involuntarily of course, after Grimald's mansion was taken here by a mysterious pink mist. Your short stay here so far has been strange indeed. You have almost been eaten by werefolk, acquired a skull on a stick called Daniel who has now become a good friend and travelling companion, you have killed a demi-lord, and you've seen a small girl's head explode. In fact, it was this girl, Lady Daisy Sondheim, the Duke of Corvia's daughter, that you were sent to recover in exchange for many riches. After seeing her head irrevocably destroyed by powerful magics, you thought it best to avoid returning to town. After all, there are many rumours about the awful way messengers are often treated. One good thing did come of that failed mission, however. You found a powerful magic tome called the Book of Planes which appears to have the power to transport the user and companions to other planes of existence although you currently have no idea how to use it. And so tired, hungry, and beaten, you once again press on southward, dragging your feet towards Barovia in search of Strahd von Zarevich, the one man, or so you are told, that may be able to help you in your quest to leave the dreadful realm of Ravenloft. Your trek south from Corvia is not easy. Not only have you seen so many fields and woodlands at this point that the ones you now trek through almost bore you to tears, but you have just been dungeon delving, which is never good for one's bones. Grimald uses Daniel, a talking skull on the end of a rod, as a walking stick as you both trudge painful step by painful step through the tedious rolling fields. All the while, your complaining legs and spines never seem to stop twinging, and the deep slashes and gouges you've received on your adventures sting further with each chilling gust of wind. It is night currently, and the pink moon of Ravenloft hangs in the sky, massive, oppressive, cold, giving a faint illumination to your path as you languidly march on. And then your skull companion, Daniel, begins to speak up. So, uh, Corvi is the furthest south I ever went. Barovia, where Strahd's castle is, well, uh, I know it's like, uh, south, like, uh, really far south, but, uh, as for these lands, uh, I, I don't know a goddamn thing about them. I, I, I know I've been pretty helpful with directions up until now, but from this point, you're on your own. 
you have to rely on your own uh, wits and intellect to get you to Castle Ravenloft. Come again, Daniel. Your wits and intellect. You you do know what that is, right? Of course I do. What? No, let's get to the point. What are you saying? You're lost. Look, I ain't lost. I'm just saying I ain't never been here before. Ah. Just, uh, I guess just keep going south. You know the direction we're pointed now? Thought you were supposed to be our guide. Yeah, you, I was. You're good for nothing. Look, I'm not good for nothing. I got you this far, didn't I? You're good for something. I'm good for a lot of stuff. I'm a traveling companion. I'm friendly. I tell good jokes. Alright, alright, look, we're all getting a bit narky because we've been trudging through this poxy Greenland under this disgusting pink moon for days. Alright, let's just take a breath. So what do so you don't know anywhere else from now on, is that what you're telling me? Yeah, basically that's what I'm saying. I would uh, say what's your gut feelings on this one, but obviously. Do, do you have to make quite so many jokes about my disability? I do, yeah. Comforts me in these cruel times. No, I'm t- look, Daniel, I'm sorry. Look, I could say lots of cutting things about you. I could say, you know, but I won't. I won't. I won't do that. Because I, I won't stoop that low. Because I'm your friend, okay? Good. No, look, I am your friend too. And you have proved invaluable to us on this wretched mission. So why don't we just stop making jokes about how I got no body? Okay. okay? How about that? Okay. And let's just, look, just continue south and hopefully eventually we'll get there. We can ask for directions or something like that. Ask somebody, you know? Ask somebody? It's an accent, you idiot. Okay. <laughs> Goya. Accent. Shall we carry on going that way, do we? Uh, probably. I know it's to the south. It's in a place called Moravia. Right, well, I think we better carry on then. <laughs> As the hours march on and the night darkens further, you slog through many miles of sloping grasslands, lumber into yet more dark pinewood forestry, the tall trees dwarfing you, stretching up into the night sky. The cold intensifies, and your feet, by this time, feel as if they're going to freeze and simply fall off. Ugh, my feet! It is, this is this is horrendous. Absolutely but, horrendous. Butler, you doing all right there, buddy? No, 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 not really. Been um, a bit quiet. I've been trying to keep it together. You see, I'm, I'm so cold, and this is horrible. And we need shelter. We need to hurry the hell up and Look, get there. I, I, I don't mean to be Captain Bringdown, but uh, remember what happened the last time we tried to make shelter. Maybe we could try it again. Look, 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 that was a learning curve for everyone. All right, right. how about this then? No shelter, just try and get a fire going and let's camp here for the night. All right, good idea. Try and find the clearing, make a fire. You guys, you guys can do that at least, right? I could, yeah, definitely. I'll try and tone down the old uh, flaming hands this time. Unless we have a more conventional way of creating a fire. Anyone? Flint? Well, I'll I'll see if I can procure some more of that dry wood. You have a look for the wood, and uh, I have a look for some flint. You're gonna find flint in the goddamn woods? Well, don't it grow in the woods? Wits and intellect at its finest. Okay, Butler, you go find the goddamn wood. I'll find that. I'll find a clearing. How about that? Sounds good to me. <laughs> All right, Butler, give me a uh, survival check, and let's see if you can find some wood. That'll be intelligence. Got uh, seventeen. The Butler, you sort of trudge around the woods. And after a while, you return back to Grimm and Daniel, and you've got a good armful of really good kindling and wood. 
this is going to be the exact right material you need to build a fire. <sighs> Here goes up. Here he is, look at that. Butlering at its finest. Look at that. He comes bearing gifts, Daniel. It's the woodman. <laughs> Get it? No. 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 Right. No, that, that sucked. That anyway, it, it, back to my job. Now I need to find a place where we can lay down these woods and ignite it. Uh, I'm going to look for a nice dry area. All right. Give me a perception check. Uh, that's a 12. Searching around for some time, you find only either thick babushed areas with shrubs angrily barbed with thorns, or damp, modular, uncovered woodland floors, all unsuitable for a night's rest or starting a fire. This ain't good for nobody! And then, after you think your search will yield nothing fruitful, you happen upon a clearing almost heavenly to your weary gazes. Around 40 foot in diameter and covered by thick trees, the ground here appears to be mainly dry and suitable for a night's kip. And what's more, the bouncy surrounding bushes contain a meagre selection of berries not yet supped by the native animals. Here we go. Little bit of waiting and it has been delivered. Follow me boys, I've found the perfect spot. Look at this. Burst out into this clearing, mm-hmm. and Daniel looks around and he's like, "This good, this good for people like you." Good. Well, it's good clearing. As I'll say, okay. I think so. It's dry. I know that much. All right. Well, uh, stack up that there firewood and uh, get the fire going. Come on. This will work. Right, yeah. Butler, you start doing the stackage, and I'll tell you what. I'm gonna sort us out a little evening meal. I have I spied some berries. Right, oh. you are, sir. Okay, the Butler. You start stacking up the wood. You get it into a fire position, and now there is only the slight problem of ignition. Grim, you remember the last time you tried to start a fire yeah. using your flaming hand spell and how badly it went. And so, give me a flaming hands check, please. Here we go. Right, come on, Grim, you can do this. Just remember what um, Astral Steve taught you. Um, Control the flow with your hands. The butler's going to move way out of range. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to be like, take Daniel. Take Daniel just in case with you. Yeah. The butler, you grab Daniel and you move well out of range. I'm going to limp over to this wood. Here we go. That's an 18. What you do is you do blast this um, pile of wood with a gigantic gout of flame. But it's not actually bad enough to uh, destroy this entire section of woodland or blast all the wood away and you get a roaring fire going within seconds. Ha <laughs> ha Look at that! Oh my! Look at that! I can't believe it worked. He what? actually goddamn did it. I don't believe it. You, 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 you surprised me once again. Grim's gonna blow his hands like two smoking pistols. <laughs> there we go. Alright, we'll sit around now and warm up and I'll go get some berries. And then Grim, you walk away and pick some berries, mm-hmm. and you've got a wonderful meal for tonight. Well, not quite wonderful, but you've got a few handfuls of foods for tonight. So, yes. it's going to be a good night. A roaring go. fire, yep. lovely berries, and you all sit around the fire. This is actually pretty nice. Nice, isn't it? I can't believe no. you. Well, well. there it's we go. It's nice and warm. <laughs> See all that travelling? I oh, know, got, got on top of us, but a little bit of arguments and whatnot. But now, look, we're all together. Sitting around a nice fire, but berries in hands. It's lovely. Mm, good berries and all. Tastes. Mm. It tastes great. <laughs> this oh. is the first night I ever spent in Ravenloft, where I, uh, where I felt like maybe it's kind of nice. 
There you go, Daniel, see? No murdering, no eating, no no small girls' heads exploding. Oh, don't look. I've already said please, don't mention. Don't, don't remind us. What happened? Please don't. There, uh, we, we, we're trying to get over it, alright? No fighting, no raping, no looting, no shooting. No. No. Why don't you uh, tell us a gr uh, an interesting story, Daniel? A nice one. About your past life or something. While we eat these berries. Alright, uh. Alright, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a little story. So, um. There's this clown, and he's going into the woods. Right. And he's got this little girl with him. Yeah. And and he says, uh, the little girl says, I'm scared. And uh, and the, oh. the, the the clown says, uh, says, you think you're scared? I gotta come back through these woods alone. <laughs> oh, Daniel. Little little murder joke for da you. Daniel. I'm sorry. I said a nice tale to warm that our was, souls while was, we eat these berries. That was so untasteful. All right, forget it. Forget it. Should we just go to bed? Yeah. All right. Oh, good night, fellas. Good night. Um, good night, sir. Good night, butler. Sleep well. It's honestly the nicest sleep you've had for a long time. And then, upon your wakening up, you open your eyes slowly, the morning light beaming rays through the gaps in the branches above. You enjoy the brief moment of solace one feels before they are aware of where they are sleeping. And then, something startles you frighteningly. The clearing appears to be considerably smaller than when you lay your heads dreamward. As if the forest has grown and in great proportions in a few short hours. Both of you give me a perception check. 18. Oh, 20. You see that the bushes themselves are moving, inching towards you, careful step by careful step. And from within their shrubby bodies, you can see them slowly unraveling barbed, brambly arms. They look as if they're moving to ambush you. Roll for initiative. You can see that these things move lightning fast and that five of the shrubs have sprouted entanglements of lengthy, thorned, viney arms and legs. Their arms lash wildly in your direction. They stand around seven feet tall and their thorns drip with a thick, steaming purple sap. What is happening? The butler, you take 10 damage as you get lashed by three of these things and then immediately feel a faint sensation of nausea from the wound you just suffered. And Grimald, you take one wound from one of these things, immediately taking six damage. The It, it slashes you across the face, these barbs doing multiple scratches across your visage. That's a rude awakening! Uh, oh no. You know anything about these plant things? Well, what do you mean? You ever seen one before? No, I haven't seen one before. Okay. I'm scared. Yep. Mummy. <laughs> she can't help you now. Grimmy will, though. Get, get, get back, you foul beast. Attack. <laughs> right you are, sir. All right, I'm going to go. I'm going to attack him with my short sword. 17. You hit. Roll damage. I got a four. 
you slash at it doing some quick angry gardening and you see some of the uh, bits of the bush fall off. Next up is going to be Grim. Let me introduce you to a little bit of heat. Flamehead! 21 on cast. You blast a gigantic gout of flame out of your hands, killing one and setting two of them on fire. They begin to screech. Welcome to the bonfire! <laughs> Next up is going to be the plants once again. The four remaining ones begin to slash at both of you, and only one manages to hit Grim, hitting him for a further two damage, and you feel absolutely nauseous. There is something going on in your head. You feel sick, you feel dizzy, and you start to see these bizarre kaleidoscope of colours in front of you. Next up is going to be the butler. These colours are amazing. No butler, folks! Focus! Uh, take this! I'll just do the same attack. Oh, crit fail. Butler, as you go to attack, you notice that your sword has turned into a delicious tray of crumpets, mm. and you can't bear to swing it. Oh, what are you doing? These crumpets. What, mm. what crumpets? Mm, can you... Mm. Stop licking the sword! Um, mm. What are you... Oh my mm. god! Oh, oh, feel rough. Next up is going to be Grim. Right, really get away from these. Oh. Oh, get quick, get near me. False manipulation. Uh, that's a 20. You create two gigantic walls between you and the vine horrors. And now you can uh, quite easily escape. Right, you lot. Come on, let's go quick. Before they get around it. This way, butler. Stop licking that sword. Leaving that awful scene behind you, you run, leaping over thickets and branches. Well, not quite leaping, there's a hot feeling in both of your heads like a boiling kettle of water being poured over a sports ball, then the faint realisation that you've hit the floor. You blink, and... oh. You're back in Grimmelton, Grimmelton's mansion. I guess none of this Ravenloft stuff actually happened after all. Both of you stand in the function room. It's summer, the season of parties for nobles, and thus, in Grimmelton's extravagant mansion, a day of merriment, wine, quartets, and volivants has taken place. Many well-to-do folk stand around in their overpriced suits, chatting about rich folk things such as tennis, horses, and of course, pretending to understand plays their wives have made them attend. You can even see many people dancing to the music. But there is one girl who doesn't seem to be enjoying the wonderment. She has blonde hair tied up in a top bun, wonderful extravagant dress. She sits in a chair, sobbing, head in hands. Wait, what? That's my shag that's my shag pile! That's my painting! It's my house! Sir! What the Daniel? You can see one of the other lords approaches you, Lord Grimbleby, and he he, he turns up and he's like <laughs> Grimble? What's wrong with you, old chap? Come on, here! And he hands you a glass of port. Grimble is that you? <laughs> You've had too much to drink, Grimble. <laughs> is that Paul? Of course it's port. What? Only the best. It's your party, you fucking idiot. But, but, but I was just in a... Oh, shut up. And he pats you on the back too oh, hard. Behave yourself, Grimble. Come on. Smell volivants. Sir. Um, yeah. Are you... Uh, this doesn't make sense, does it? But, one minute, 
everything. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, oh. Your 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 lord 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 sh ships. I'm ah oh, I'm sorry out of practice. But I'm, why? Uh, How are we back here? You can see that this girl in the in the corner. She continues to cry as if she doesn't want to join in the party. And then Lord Grimbleby he goes, Grimald? Yeah. Hey, look, that girl over there is crying. She could be up for it. What? No. This is a weird. It's there's nothing weird about a party. Come on, Grim, join in the run. I'm gonna walk towards the uh, the girl that's crying. As you go over to the girl that's crying, um, she turns to speak to you. She is obviously in some distress. Her charming, freckled face awash with tears. She yells something. Her fists cloaked in delicate white gloves, bunched at her sides. But as she shouts. All that comes out is a strange sound. Why is she sat? Why is what? she shouting? What is that, that? odd way? I'm, I'll go to the little girl's so go, Are you okay? I can't understand it. Are you okay? I didn't understand what you said. Are you okay, ma ma madam? And then she begins to shout at you further, and she, she another strange noise just comes out. This is all so wrong. We need to get outside, I need air, quickly! Yes sir, I think we should just go outside and take a few minutes Let's to... Let's go! Come on! Let's go! Come on, come Don't. with me. This is wrong, this is also wrong! You guys walk through the party, past the quartet, past the people serving volivons, and quickly burst out into the garden, and you can see the girl is out there again. How did she get there before you? You again?! What? And How she did you do this? immediately turns round to face you, and as she does so, you see that the skin on the face of the girl begins to melt like an ice cream in the hot sun, Ugh. peeling away from her head, revealing her skull. All the while, she continues to shout. Come you get a knife! Run for the love of God! This is all wrong! This isn't my house! You find yourselves back in Ravenloft. Reality swoops back, but your brains feel as if they're being sealed with hot wax. <laughs> you are face down in the mud. A thick rain has started up, turning the mud into a deep sludge. The vine horrors nimbly charge towards you. <laughs> oh god. Get out of the mud! Both uh, of you give me an agility roll, please. Eight. <laughs> eight. With an eight, you barely manage to get yourself uh. up, and they're back on your tail. Give me another agility roll to see if you can get out of there. Come on! All of you, go! Fourteen. Crit fail. Okay, with a 14, the butler is out of there like a shot. He's legging it down the pathway, but Grimald, you trip and fall back into the mud again. Oof! One of the vine horrors slashes at you again, Grimald, doing a further three damage. You feel it slice into your thigh, the hot sap burning you, and again, you feel these kind of strange visions. You can barely even notice who you are or where you are anymore. Sir! No, sir! Mum! Oh God, God, no, please! You, you look, leave them alone, they haven't done anything to you! I don't want to go on it, no! Daniel says to Butler, he's like, Butler, you gotta go back there and pick him up. Of course. Yes, I've got a crit! <laughs> With a crit, what you manage to do is run in, skid under the vine horrors, grab him and start running away. So next up is going to be Grimald. You are now on the butler's shoulder as he nimbly is starting to leg it. The vine horrors are in pursuit, chasing after him. I am going to throw my black potion at the floor and hope it has some kind of effect on the plant. That's four. 
<laughs> with a four, you throw it and it hits it hits the butler in the feet. <gasps> he immediately heals five hit points. <laughs> <laughs> and then as the vine horrors pursue you, you see some of them run through the puddle, and the ones that you burn earlier also heal five hit points. <laughs> you see some of the burnt areas just start rejuvenating on them. They've got a new spring in their step <laughs> as they start to chase after you. Um, however, it's not quite enough. As they're trying to run after you, they, they just don't manage to really catch up to you. Next up is going to be the butler. I'm giving it legs. I'm just making it haste. I'm fucking running like a shit for shovel Shut them buns. I've got an 11. With an 11, you do actually manage to outpace them in this instance. And you are really, really legging it. And you finally reach an exit to the forest and can see the path continue on for some miles. But you also spy a great resplendent mansion not too far from the opening. A clap of thunder booms in the sky. And the rain pours from above, getting thicker by the second. A slight pain begins to twinge in both of your heads. I'll try and run into the mansion. That's my what I do, I reckon. It's a safe zone. All right, approaching the mansion, you can see that the fourth floor property was probably once a sight to behold. But up close, it looks as if it needs some care. Moss crawls up every brickwork surface. The white paint on the window muntins is cracked and peeling. The stone gargoyles found at every corner from the manse are worn and featureless. In a window on the third floor, you can vaguely make out the shape of a man in a dimly lit room. He gazes down upon you as you rush through the front garden and under the shelter of the stone porch towards a large crimson wooden front door. The vine horrors are chasing after you. Give me an agility roll to see if you can make it through the front door. 16. With a 16, you quickly burst through the door and close it behind you. And you are greeted by a huge lobby area with rich carpentry that appears to have never seen a broom. Around its walls are many gilded doors leading to other rooms, their frames cracked and crumbling, and you see in front of you a wide staircase flanked by gold banisters which splits off into two balconies that overlook the lower floor. The first thing you notice is that aside from the grand piano on the ground floor, all the furnishings are scattered around the floor. Paintings, drawers, smashed patterned plant pots and dying flowers, walnut wood chairs are all strewn about the carpet. There is also, for a brief second, an overwhelming intoxication of perfume. But it is gone in an instant as you take a few tentative steps into the great entrance hall. Although this lobby is not exactly welcoming as a foyer should be, you do notice that you hear no attempt from the vine monstrosities to enter the great homestead. Uh, uh, I think we're safe. Uh, I saw someone in the window. I think it's in the third floor. I can't remember. I was running far too fast. What do you look like? No idea, just saw a silhouette. I think it's a bloke. In the window? Yes. Well, he obviously ain't a cleaner, is he? <laughs> <laughs> ah! 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 See, see, Daniel, that, that is a joke. What just happened? That, that's a shitty joke, man. I'm, I'm good at jokes. Hey, let me tell you another one. No. Okay. No, Daniel. All right, yeah. never mind. I've had enough for one Look, morning. I got some really good ones about <laughs> dead babies. Oh, oh dear. Me. Never mind. But Hello! Ah, well, at least we're safe for now. Hmm. Safe, but this place is a goddamn shithole. He's got a point. I could tidy it up nice and nice and easily. Well, you could do this whole man. Look at the size of it, man. You need staff in a place like this. You ain't seen him clean. He oh. can whittle a spoon into a nubbin. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> that's, that's so stupid, man. <laughs> uh, 
Let's 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 scour the place out, sir. No, there might be a fireplace. We might be able to warm up again. Where we were going upstairs? We're going no, down. Let's go to where I would say would probably be the grand ballroom. Well, if I had a grand ballroom, I would probably have it to the left of my grand staircase. So you guys head to the left through one of these um, cracked old doorways. And as you approach the door, you notice that the silver handle is partially black. And you know that from years of living the high life, that this indicates that the precious metal has not been cared for properly. The paint is also cracked and peeling, and as you turn the handle and push the door, creaking it open, flecks of the crimson wash fall to the ground like dirty snow. And you open the door, and lo and behold, yeah, it's a grand ballroom, but this place looks like it also needs is in good need of a hoovering, and by hoovering, I mean the Hoover brand broom that you find often in this <laughs> <Yeah>. universe. <laughs> The marble is so dusty it's unbelievable, the chandeliers are cracked, the um, paintings on the walls are non-existent, everything there is just is just old and battered, the chairs have been um, torn and they, they're often just toppled over and you can see that if there has clearly hasn't been a dance here for years because the dust on the, all of the marble floor has settled. This place has been left to run into ruin. Disgusting. Something's not right here. Who would have this grand mansion and let it fall into such disrepair? As you say this, you notice that perfume smell once again enters the room. And this time it lingers for much longer than it did when you stood in the entranceway. Aroma. And one of the sofas sort of hovers in the centre of the room for a second. And just hovers and hovers. And then suddenly it darts towards you. Both of you give me a reflex save. Oh, 22. 14. Seeing this thing fly towards you, you both duck and it smashes into the wall behind you. Oh, I didn't do that, I promise. Oh, I'm, I'm sure of it, sir. Why would you do that? Ghost oh. furniture. Oh, this right. is the last thing I goddamn need. Ghost furniture. Ghost furniture. I just want to point that out. So we've got poison plant people outside and freaking ghost furniture in here. And then you see, as you stand around talking, the chandelier sort of unhinges itself from the ceiling and starts to shamble about. And you see it floating for a few seconds. So let's get out of the room. Oh, yeah, indeed, this way. You leg it out of the room and you're back in the foyer, slamming the door behind you. As you slam the door behind you, you hear an almighty crash coming from the ballroom. That was probably the chandelier. Yep. Uh, So it looks like it's not safe here after all. Well, what do we do? Go upstairs and uh, say hello to uh, the guy or go back outside and fight these plants? Well, to be honest, I shouted quite loudly and there was no response. Uh, there's stuff happening here. I'm not sure we should really move anywhere unless unless we want to get, get <laughs> ghost furniture thrown at us. So what are you saying then? Just stand here for all time? Um, I don't know what to do, sir. Well, you're my most trusted advisor. If you cannot advise me, right, what are we going to do? I advise. I advise. I've, I picked up courage from uh, that reminder. Thank you. Uh, let's. Well, do you, you get courage from reminders? Yes. You're an idiot. Yes. He gets excited <laughs> from to-do notes lists as well. Um, sir, yes. I tell you what. We shall go up the stairwell and try and find the silhouetted person. All right, well, weapons on the ready. Of course. Going up the huge staircase with its battered, dusty carpets, you find on the landing at the top, there is a gigantic fresco which has been torn from the wall. 
It is mounted in a gold frame, which is broken at the join. It is a portrait of a man and a woman. The man appears to be in exquisite finery, with a shirt unbuttoned so far you can see his thick chest hair. He also sports brown long curly hair, a thick double spear moustache and a cocky one-sided smile. While the woman is a slight thing, standing several feet shorter than him with a prudent yet finely tailored dress and her blonde hair arranged in a top bun. Her face is downturned and rests in a vacant position while the man's arm grips round her shoulders firmly. At the bottom of the painting, you can see a plaque with an inscription. It says, The Articides. As you view the painting, Butler, you feel something hit you in the back of the head and take one damage. What the fu- uh, uh, What? Uh, can we not even admire a fresco in place? I'm, I want to see if I can see what understand what just happened like if see if there's something that threw it turning around you see that you see nobody there um but you do notice on the floor behind you uh, uh the remnants of a broken coffee cup but, uh, all right sir so it, it seems that we just constantly have to be on guard um if well, don't say on guard they might think you want to fight Oh, yeah. <laughs> look, look, look. Is there anything we can use as shields? Yes, sir. Take my... Shields are good shields. Take my yeah. silver tray. No, no, no. I'm talking... Is there any furniture? You keep your tray. Don't fucking pick up the furniture, you idiot. That's the very thing we're fighting. If you start using that as a shield, it's going to hurt you. Oh, yeah. He's got a point. Oh, for... I don't even know what to do in here. Look, look, just keep... Just keep... Right, I'll tell you what. One person look behind at all times. Daniel... Yes. But the turn Daniel round. Yes, sir. And put him over your shoulder. Uh, sir. Daniel, keep an eye out behind us. And if there's any kind of projectile, give us the uh, heads up, won't you? Will do. Got a good idea. Thank you. I'll sir. be I'll be the back the 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 the, uh, the rear. The, the rear guard. The rear guard. Very yeah, important I like that. job. That's a, uh, uh, first time I ever had a title. There you go. Can look. I be Sir Daniel? Why not? Woohoo! You've been on. You, you've been with us long enough. Can I be uh, Sir Sir, but, Sir Butler? No. no, never, never, never. Absolutely not. <gasps> you uh, must never get above your station. Uh, exactly. Right, you are, sir. I'm a knight. Right, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> we'll find you an elm. Oh uh, yes. So you keep an eye out, and we'll carry on walking. I'm, I'm assuming this fresco is a portrayal of the previous owners, considering its grandioso size. Seems that way. As we're walking up the stairs, I want to be wiping my finger on the stair rail, and then like looking at it and then inspecting the dust, and kind of turning my nose up at it, thinking how gross it is. Yeah. Can I, can I get? Can I get a? Uh, can I get a check on that butler? What would you say? When was this place last cleaned? Hmm. You gauge the dust. Hmm. I'm gonna look at it, twiddle it between my fingers, wipe again, do it again, and then I'm gonna lick it. Hmm. We're talking months, years, yeah. months, a few months actually. Right, a few months. This place has got to this <laughs> unholy state of ruin. I'm appalled. So where's everybody gone? Well, Ask the question. We'll see if we can find that thing. Come on, let's keep moving. Daniel, what's it, what's it saying behind us? All clear. Good. You you head up the stairs, and then you can see some more doorways mm-hmm. at the top of the balcony um, that may head into into other rooms. Okay. Um, Where do you think you saw that silhouette? It was on the uh, right side of the mansion, sir, so we should probably head this way. Should we go talk to him? If he exists, yes. Nothing surprises me nowadays. 
He might be able to stop his uh, wicked furniture attacking us. Or he might not, but what we got to lose, eh? <laughs> Stick that old plants. You guys open the door and it's the same crummy silver handle crumbling door as when you entered the ballroom. And before you, um, as you open the door, is a long hallway with yet more doors on either side. You surmise that these are probably living quarters. Again, here you see that this lengthy corridor is absolutely littered with once decent stuff. Frames have been smashed, plant pots destroyed and piles of soil, glass and china lie all over the floor. Lamps and chairs too. And then, that perfume smell. The one that you whiffed on your way in comes back. Oh dear. And again, Can it, it lingers it? and doesn't appear to stop. Oh, that smell! Can you smell it, sir? That means something's gonna happen. And then, you see by itself, one of the downed chairs rise up and begin to float, followed by one of the picture frames which pulls itself through a thick pile of soil, then a lamp. For a few seconds, they just float a few feet above the ground. All the while, that smell never leaving your nostrils. Can I try and surmise what the fragrance is? The bouquet. Is? The bouquet, yes, the one. Give me an intelligence roll. Get your whiffers on that. Uh, an 11. You know that this perfume is definitely bloody expensive. As you stand here taking the time to analyse the perfume, the lamp has <laughs> enough time to fling itself at you. Reflex say, please. 16. You duck nimbly and the lamp flies through the door behind you and down the stairs. Whoa! Okay, right. not all clear behind yeah, us now. <laughs> Just seen a lamp fly by me. Well done, Daniel. <laughs> oh, right. Sir uh, Daniel. Sir, run. Yep. Go. Which one? Through. That one. That door. Quick. Okay, both give me an agility roll because furniture is going to fly at you as you try to run through. I have got a critical success. Fifteen. You guys managed to dodge out of the way. All the while these things are smashing against the wall, making huge dents, and you dart into a room. You find that you appear to be in what appears to be kind of like a uh, lady's bedroom. Um, this is a single bed, it's got a vanity mirror, and it's got some wonderful pink curtains in there. Um, the vanity area has all sorts of things like hairbrushes, perfumes, things like this. And once you dart in there, it appears to be calm for a brief minute. Looks like we've stumbled across a boudoir! Um, yes, I feel like the, 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 the perfume right, lives right. here. Is it the same smell as you were smelling earlier? Let me see. I'm trying to sniff it out. Popping the bottle, you do realise that yes, this is indeed the same perfume. Yeah. I'm going to have a quick look around to see if there's any large furniture. Is the bed? The is bed it? is oh, fucking massive. Let's sit on it. Right, sit on that bed, quick! And as rude as it is to uh, sit on a maiden's bed, I do believe that that is the correct thing to do. What, you're going to try and weigh it down? Yes. Yeah, quick, everybody sit on it. You guys sit on the bed, and as you do so, it starts to levitate, going absolutely mental. Right, you, I'm not really oh, tight. Sorry, and can't hit us if we're attached to it. But it can fling us. That's what I'm saying. Hold on, really tight. <laughs> we go for a ride, sir. Try and ride it like a pony. Oh! Oh, there, bed. I'm, I'm feeling a little woozy. I think we should uh, try and drink this while we're here. Uh, I'm going to drink my red potion. As you're being carted around on this floating bed, uh, flying about the room, you heal seven hit points. Oh yeah, feel revitalised. The bed starts making motions to fling you off like a bucking bull. Um, both of you give me reflex saves. Eighteen. Uh, six. With a six, you actually manage to outdo this bed. Oh. It, it appears to not be that dexterous of an item. <laughs> Uh, guys, I'm, uh, this isn't... Uh, look, I've been to some pretty sick theme parks in my day, but this ain't one of them. This is horrible. Can we get out the room? I'm going to try and punch the bed. 
you punch the bed and as you do so you realise it has no effect it's quite soft it's one of the softest beds you've ever punched it's a lovely soft bed but my fighting is not having any effect on it so I think it's now time to uh, <laughs> run away again yeah my pummel in's doing nothing so plan B get out of here jump off the bed uh, that's a 17. And I've got a 16. Whee! Both of you dart out of the room, leaping off the bed to the floor and out of the room. You then scarper down the hallway, seeing that all of the furniture that was flinged at you is now just in tattered pieces on the floor. Fuck. Where do you want to go now? We're going down. We're going down. Let's get that. Yeah, get the hell out of it. And then you, you run down the stairs and back to the lobby. So you guys run back downstairs desperately after your horrible encounter with a, with a floating bed and you're back in the foyer. I like this place. No, me neither. I'm going to go over to the front door and see if them plant things are still there. I'm going to um, go towards the front door and put my ear to it, against it and see if I can hear banging. As you go up to the front door, you hear kind of nothing going on from the outside. Mm -hmm. Okay. Seems empty. I may have left. I hope so. That's, that's, that'll be the best possible outcome. Well, let's just fucking go then. Why are we hanging around here for? It's a shithole. We're getting attacked by beds. <laughs> Look, I'll tell you what. We'll open the door ever so slightly. I will peek through and see if the coast is clear. How about that? You open the door ever so slightly and then it just slams shut. Whoa! Who done that? And then you can smell perfume once oh, again. Oh, God. Move! Wait a second. Excuse me, madam. Um, can we help you in your troubles? We love your perfume. It is a beautiful aroma. And then, off to the side, you see a door open. Is that good? Um, well, I think the, they, the, she's heard us. And oh, thank I, you, fine maiden. And I think we have to go through that door. We mean you no harm. Yeah, look, I've got this. We are but weary travellers. Oh, that goddamn line again. Sorry, please excuse Look, them. Look, this isn't one of your goddamn stupid adventure novels. Could you keep just great pipe down? Let's just go through the door. Yeah, good idea. See Thank if we can sort bow. this out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great idea. Let's let's follow the, the 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 woman that's been trying to kill us this whole time. Yeah. Well, we can't get out, can we? As Daniel says this, you see several bits of furniture and broken plant pots and drawers start to levitate. He didn't mean it. He didn't mean it. No, no, I didn't. I'm uh, just going to drag um, Lord Grimm by the collar and be like, come on, and just pull him towards. Yeah. And so we're all going through I'm the door. I'm going to put my hand over um, um, Daniel's mouth as we, <laughs> as we go. Lovely perfume. Thank you very much for your hospitality. We will, we will endeavour to help you. You walk towards the door. And you look through the door, and before you is a stone staircase with similar stone walls. A waft of cold gusts up as you look through the portal. And as the steps reach down, you can see that it leads into pure darkness. Oh. Here we go again, then. I'll lead, I'll lead from the front. Look, you're going to have to have some way to light the fucking thing up. Oh, God. And I've just killed my bloody flaming hands for the day. And then you see some lanterns that are on the wall light up Whoa. by themselves. Oh, thank, thank you. Oh, thank you, kind. Thank you. Kind maiden. Um, do, is there any way you could tell us your name? 
nothing. Okay, we'll just continue. Right then, let's go. Um, Daniel, keep an eye on the back again, mate. Will do. All clear. Good. The uneven cold steps lead down and down until finally giving way to a room about 50 feet by 70 feet. The decor here keeps the same stone feel as the staircase preceding it, but appears to be completely furnished with strange contraptions. In one corner, you see two thick steel poles rise from the ground. Between it, you see a headrest, such as you might see at a doctor's or a surgeon's. But rather than a bed in the middle, there are three other rests, a few feet away, arranged in a wide triangle formation. This bizarre contraption has leather buckles with locks all over it too, and hanging from the ceiling in the centre of the room, you see a swing. But the swing is fitted with manacles and leg rests which are strangely wide apart. Resting against the wall, there is a kind of Y-shaped coffin, and this coffin has a hole where the two arms of the Y meet. Looking around, you see many more furnitures like this, all strange in construction, all bemanacled. And on one wall, there is a weapons rack, but it is fitted with a cacophony of impractical weapons such as spiked paddles, forked whips, riding crops, and a spray can of whipped cream. But the thing that is most unsettling about all of this is the dark brownish red stains on the floor, walls, and ceiling. No matter where you look, they are in eyesight. Well, it's a lovely picture. I don't really understand the use of these. I mean, that is useless, that is useless. That weapon looks a bit flimsy. I think I understand what's been going on down here. Very I do. I've seen instruments like this before. Have have you? I have. What are they? Well, uh, Butler. Yes? It's better that you don't know, if I'm being honest. Oh, uh, Daniel's right. I've attended some parties in my time, and, and believe me, the kind of people that use these machines, they're always... Wicked. Horrible. Oh. This is a place of despair. So, hmm. Uh, you showed us this, oh Spectre. As you survey this horrific scene, you are suddenly interrupted by something behind you. A voice calls out. He killed her. What? Turning around, you see a man, possibly the figure from the window earlier. He is a gaunt, aging man with thinning hair and a scraggly, dirty beard. His dress is that of a mansion staff member, although his clothes are stained and fraying. He props himself up on a battered broom with nary a bristle. I am this mansion's cleaner. Uncle Jay, they call me. You should not have come here. I'm afraid that your fate has been sealed. Um, what, 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 what do you mean by that? He- hello, by the way, but what do you mean by that? And with that, a bouquet of perfume wafts into the room again. Hmm. Well, what I mean is that you're dealing with something pretty dark here, as you can probably tell. Yes. Um. Look, let me tell you a, a little story, boys. It's... It's pretty hard for me to recount this tale, because, uh, I... uh, She was such a wonderful girl, was young Genevieve, but I'll uh, try my level best. Must have been a few year ago now, but Genevieve came here to Maven Township with barely two copper pieces to her name. Beautiful thing she was. Her lovely blonde hair and kind eyes had all the blokes up in the Nevermore after her. When she arrived in town, she got a job down the local alehouse, see? Anyway, she was a romantic, had dreams in her head of being swept off her feet by some explorer or a handsome noble. 
so she weren't after the swiggers and knee slappers from the Nevermore. No, she wanted a real prince. And then, one rainy night, it's late, half hour after closing, she's cleaning the horrible sticky stains off the table, her hair all in a mess, and he comes in through the door, without even looking up from her scrubbing. I'm so sorry, but we're closed, she says. Well, that's a shame. I was rather hoping I could buy you a drink. Mr. Darrell Arterside stood there, dressed in his best going out outfit, hair all done up, moustache cracked up to eleven. Well, I think you know what happened next. Dinners, dancing, flowers, this great big mansion on the hill. It was the whirlwind romance she'd always wanted. Within the week, they were husband and wife. But then, things got a bit strange. Mr. Arterside was into some bizarre things, sexually. He liked to hurt women. And poor Genevieve, she was just regular folk. At most, she liked a raunchy book or play, but nothing more than that. At first, it started light. You know, the sort of thing you might do with your girlfriend for a laugh. Bit of spanking, you know. But then he would do things. Horrible, unimaginable things. He had to see blood before he could finish. He'd hook her up to all these nasty contraptions you see before you and torture her for hours on end. All the while, me and the staff could hear the screams. It was the stuff of nightmares. No, not even that. It was like hell had come to the mansion, and we were all forced to bear a witness to it. She would be so battered and bruised, she'd look like a shambling corpse. Anyway, I don't think I need to tell you what happened next. That bastard took it too far, ended up killing the poor girl. I can't bring myself to describe that night, but it was horrible. I'll never forget the... Well, never mind. So now, lovely Genevieve haunts these halls. A poltergeist, able to physically move objects, but unable to do much else. She can't move on to the afterlife until her business in this realm is over. And what became of that wicked bastard? Well, you see what happened to him was... Oh, hang on. And at this you see a pencil and a piece of paper float into the room, set down on the floor, and it starts scrawling a note in some really kind of shambling handwriting. And after a while, after the pencil has done scrawling, the pencil drops to the floor. And a note then floats up into your hand, Grimmel. Butler, would you be so kind? Of course. Make <clears throat> my spectacles with me. Of course. My husband escaped. It was before I knew how to use my powers as a geist properly. I asked Uncle Jay here to find and kill him, but he has always refused. I shall offer you the same deal I offered Jay. I will only let you leave if you agree to kill Mr. Articide, my murderer husband. I beg you, do this grim deed so I can have peace. Although I am usually a kind person, I am afraid I require assurance that the task will be carried out. Once you leave, I will have to place a hex on you. Failure to dispatch the bastard within 12 hours will result in your immediate death from a heart attack. Oh, well... Heart attack? That is... Hmm. You see, she offered me this same deal a long time ago. Too busy cleaning, were ya? Not quite. I ain't a bloody murderer. Look, I don't agree with what this what, what this bloody bloke did, but I ain't gonna go into the town and kill this fucker. No, I'll leave you on a little secret. I am a kin with murder. I have performed the action once or twice in my time for people that deserved it, may I add. 
But this is not right. This is not right at all. This will not go on any longer. I agree. Oh, Genevieve, I will dispatch your wicked ex-husband and I will do it with relish. He deserves to be pushed into the afterlife of an almighty thump. You can X me up as much as you want, but rest assured I will try my damnedest. I will not let this injustice go on any longer. We reckon, boys. Right behind you, sir. Daniel! Bloody good speech. Yeah, I'm in. This is sick. And I know sick. I've seen sick. But I like to think over the years I have become warmer. And now I cannot idly stand by and let this happen. Where is he, Genevieve? It, well, there was uh, one clue as to his whereabouts. When this all started up and she started getting her poltergeist powers, she tried to stop him from leaving, see? Right. And she tried to barricade the door with a number of goods, although right. she weren't as powerful then. And that's how he managed to escape. Right. And he did sort of say something that might give you a clue as to, to his whereabouts. Don't tell. He said, bugger this, I'm off to the Nevermore. It's a pub down the road. The Nevermore, right? Yeah. Okay. So you might be able to find him there. Partial to a drink, was he? He loves a drink. I bet he does. Right, let's find this bastard and get rid of him. So you guys leave the mansion, and making your way down the hill under the chilly moonlight and into Maven Town, and you can see that this mid-sized township is quite unique, although with a cursory glance it appears to be relatively normal, sitting at the bottom of the hill with its tiled roofs, paved stone roads and sanguine stone buildings, but you notice two oddities about the town as you roll in. The first is the unusually high gnomish population scuttling about. It appears to be about one gnome to every human here. The second oddity is largely related to the first. Everywhere you look, you see a gnomish invention. Bottled light hanging from street posts, wheels on shoes, carts that move drawn by no horse, but that emit a foul cloud as they chug along. Looking around, it's easy to find the Nevermore pub. First of all, you follow the noise of laughter and merriment, and then, rounding a corner, you see it. The bricks that make up the two-floor establishment have been painted black, and on the outside wall, you can see baskets of dull plants affixed to the wall underneath the windows. The oaken front door is now closed, although you can still hear the raucous sound of a good time coming from inside. Above the door hangs a sign depicting a raven. Beneath the obsidian bird are the words, Nevermore. I think that's the place. This place is confusing. Why? Look at the non the the the, the horse carts with no horses. No mish magic. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. You never seen a gnome invention before? These guys are always making weird shit. Is it magic? Is it? <laughs> it is. No, it's invention. It's not. It's not magic, Grimmel. Come on. Not Where magic. have you been? No, it's Astral Steve told me that they used to make magic come out of the wazoo. No, 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 it's invention. They use, right. like, oil and shit. Ah! And those things, they, 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 you see those guys skating about? Yeah. With the, with the wheels on the shoes? Yeah, skating. Yeah, those are called roller feet. Roller feet? Sk skate, sk sk skating? Huh? Modern machinia. Don't get out, don't get out much, do you, butler? Never been to a gnome town. Nah. Yeah. He knows not of the gnome. Should we go in? Yes. Wait, hold on, before we go in. I might have a cunning plan. It seems that this wicked lord has a penchant for 
ladies, and also punishment. What if we were to go in and pretend that we were maybe travellers with with ladies in tow? Do you think we could prick his interest? It might work. What it do you think, work. Daniel? He has a pretty good idea, although we don't actually have any ladies to show him. It'd be too late before he finds out, because I will boff him about the head. Knock him out? Yes. Drag him out? No, well, no, we bring him out. We're maybe we could tell him that we require some kind of assistance. And then we can hatch our wicked plan. Not a bad idea. Should we go in? Let's see if he's in there first before we get ahead of ourselves, shall Good we? idea. Good idea. <laughs> oh, I'm quite parched. Gnomes make good, uh, good, good beer, so I'm told. So, entering the pub, you can see that there is a uh, man behind the bar. You can see that there's many tables of people drinking. People of all shapes and sizes. There's, there's dwarves, there's gnomes, there's humans, there's all types of people. And there's a man behind the bar, a human man. Uh, bearded, he's got a uh, apron on with all sorts of stains, and he looks at you and he's he's like, ah, oh, hello, hello, hello. Yes, uh, hi, hi. The name's Barry. Nice to meet you, Barry. They call me Barry Beer Server. Oh, can I get you? Can I get you lads anything? We oh, got we got gnome beer. Yep. We've got dwarvish ale. We got all sorts of stuff here. We we import it. Oh yes, I would love a gnome beer, please. He's, and then he pauses for a second. He's like, well, all right. <laughs> Fine. I'll be two gold pieces. Fine. No problem. Anyone else? No beer? You. And he points at the butler. And then I'd, I'd look away from him and stare at Lord Grimm and say, yes, please. Yes. Um, yeah. I will have a gnome beer as well. He can have one. He's on duty, but he can have one. And he's like, well, all right. Fine by me. And he sort of leans down for a second, and you see him pour two thimbles worth of beer. And he's like, oh, <laughs> no beers. No, you, you guys seem a bit big for no beers, but that's fine by me. I've heard they're great. They pack a punch. They do if you're the size of a gnome, but uh, fine. Let's give whatever. this a go. <laughs> mm. oh. Tastes like a good beer, but it is really small. <laughs> mm, not bad. Have you got any bigger ones? Yeah, the, what else you got? You got any larger vessels? The, the, the dwarvish stuff is pretty good. Yep, yeah, we have a dwarvish one and we shall. It's alright to sit in this bar. Did, absolutely. Thank Please you. do. Please do. Good to have some, some new faces around here. Any cats ears? What? No, nothing, nothing. Forget it. And then he, he serves you two dwarven beers and he's like, there we go. Two lovely. Normal sized beers for normal sized people. Thank so we've got to cater for all types of people around here, you know? Yeah, I can see there's a good mixture here. Seems like a nice establishment. We've been Ma- on the road a long time. Exactly. Multicultural, you know? Yes. Uh, you know, it's it's a, it's a good place. Good place. Good people here. Yep. Anyway, what brings you guys to town? Well, we're, we're travelling through, actually. Yeah, um, just, just passing. We are uh, we are escorting some maidens on their way. Oh, maidens. Yes. Yeah? Oh, yes. Where, where are you headed to with these maidens? Uh, we are They're head- not coming in? Uh, they are currently uh, just doing their uh, their necessaries. Their maiden, oh, bit, their maiden stuff. <laughs> Women's stuff. <laughs> Women's, uh, indeed. Uh, indeed. Oh, I wouldn't want to uh, get involved in that. No. You don't like women? Yeah. No, I love women. Don't like women's stuff. I, I gotcha. Ugh. Yes, I gotcha. So this is your establishment, old Barry? Certainly is. Certainly is. How long have you had it? A long time. Yeah. A long time. Yes, yes. 
Love it, love it. I mean, this has been like, it's like the wife I never wanted, but like the son I've always had. Right. Yes. Okay. Hmm. So, anyway. And then you see him sort of walk off and start serving other people at, at the bar, serving gnomish beers to gnomes and, and cool. dwarven ales to everyone else. And I'm going to lean into the butler and be like, any of your, um, any of your, uh, intuition tingling? I'm going to do a look. Yeah, can I have a look? Can I kind of uh, slyly um, have a look around them and get, yeah. get a gauge Give of everybody? Give me a perception roll, both of you. Ten. Sixteen. The butler, you look around and you're looking at kind of the tables and parties of people that are sitting around drinking. Don't really manage to get a good look and notice anything. It seems like people are always walking in front of your field of view as you look around. But then, Grimald, you spy over in one corner. You spy the man from the painting. Daryl Artisside. He's sitting around, a bunch of people all surrounding him, and he is laughing his ass off, quite obviously having a joke in the corner. And you see him uh, sort of telling the punchline to a joke. What and, about then the, and then the bloody priest fucked him. <laughs> oh, what a can. Ah, and he starts slapping his knee, and he's like, he's like ah. anyway, guys, up for another round of bloody drinks. And then you see all the tables sort of agree, and then I, oh, yes, yes. And, and he, he sort of gets up, comes to the bar, and now he stood shoulder to shoulder with you. You can smell the grease. You can smell the sort of uh, pompousness coming off <laughs> yeah. this guy. He's, got, uh, he's, he's dressed in these exquisite robes and all of this stuff. He's wearing a cape. His moustache is cranked up to 12 this evening. His hair so high it nearly hits the ceiling. And he just stands next to you guys, paying you no heed. And he's just like, he, he bangs on the bar and he's like, Barkeep, can we get some fucking beers around here or what? I turn to him as he shouts and goes, No, I'm out of class when I see it. And that is pure class. What a moustache, sir. Yeah, thanks, mate. Yeah, you know, you know the kind of wax I have to buy for this. You wouldn't even you wouldn't even be able to afford it if you sold your fucking house. I can only imagine. <laughs> well, saying that, don't I'm a lord myself. I may not look like one right now. Don't fucking lick my boots, you cunt. No, no, I wasn't. I was merely uh, merely complimenting you on your uh, great stature. Give me a personality roll, please. <laughs> Crit failure. With a crit fail, he's like, back off, you smelly prick. All right, all right. Look, all I didn't right. come here to fucking hobnob with people covered in mud and cuts, all right? You, all right. Do, you, do you have any fucking idea who I am? I have no idea. I, I own half this fucking town. So just back the fuck off, all right? Fair enough. I am sorry. I was merely This stopped. place ain't for fucking hobos, look, all right? Look. I can have you kicked out if I want. I'm Say sure one more could. fucking word to me and I'll have you done, all right? Grim just nods. Understandingly. The things I've got away with in this fucking town, you wouldn't believe. You could be dead in a fucking minute, and that'll be the end of you. Alright? Let's get back to the maidens. Yeah, it's fine. We've out stayed out. Welcome. Uh, what did you say? Uh, no, never mind. Don't want no, to trouble you. No, 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 no. Sorry. Sorry, I believe we might go off on the wrong foot. Mate, you said something about maidens, did you? Well, we are in charge of uh, uh, a group of maidens, yes. Giving them safe passage. What? what, what? Sorry, <laughs> I do believe I forget my manners sometimes. I, 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 I am, I am just the, I am the biggest fool. I do apologise. I've had a bit to drink. You're in charge of a group of maidens, are you? We are. Yes. Do you, you like money, do you? Because I could uh, look. I'll give them safe passage for you. I don't know if you know this, but I've got a uh, bunch of carriages of no horse drawn. 
Really? Get them there in no time. Yeah, I'll, I'll buy them off you. How well, much it, we talking? Well, it will get it will get them there a lot quicker. I'll well, give I'll you. Give you they're quite a lot. We're talking eight ladies. Eight. Oh, I'll, I'll give you thousand thousand pieces of maiden. How about that? When you get them there safely. Oh yeah, yeah. On your word. On that's, my word. That's more on than my word as a noble, mate. That's more than what we would get normally. So I think that's a pretty good deal. Ah, uh, well, they should be. Oh, I don't know. They're doing maiden stuff at the minute. Um. But they should be coming out front shortly. Do you want to come well, out? Front we could introduce you because they might be a little bit um, afraid if, uh, if if someone just well, they're not frightened little ones. They're very very um, yeah. They you do get scared easily. You see him sort of start to bite his fist, and he's like scared easily. Yeah, yeah definitely. You know, really. I mean, they are very. Uh, are you okay? Innocent, what you know? Fucking hell! Are you okay? You all right there? No, just sorry, mate. It's just I really love giving safe passages to Odin's. Well, you sound like the right kind of guy. We yeah, might yeah, I'm a real stand-up guy. All right, so shall we do this fucking deal, shall we? Well, come we? and meet them, introduce yourself, and then what we can do is we can figure out the business transaction after. Okay, both of you give me a personality roll, and I'll up your die to a d24 for this. Oh, oh yeah. It's a 12 for me. Uh, 11 for me. We do business. I'll do it in one of the rooms upstairs, all right? I ain't going down, down the alleys, all right? This ain't no shady shit. No, 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 out the front. They're at our, 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 our entourage is out front. You see him stand up and he's like, look, I will go over to cargo. Yeah. You bring them upstairs. Well, they're not cargo. Treat them with a little bit of respect. They're not cargo. They're, they're, they're ladies, aren't they? <laughs> You're a respectful man, aren't you? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Bring the fucking cargo upstairs. I'll be waiting up there. If you want to do deals, let's do deals. But we'll do it on my fucking terms. You understand me? Fine. All right, what room is it? Is uh, go upstairs, first door on the left. First door on the left. All right. Well, what we do is we go out, check that they're uh, they're ready, and then we'll introduce you to the the, the we'll explain to him what's going on. And, and then stuff. you see him sort of shout over to Barry, and he goes, Barry, I'm doing a deal with these chaps upstairs. All right, we're using the room, the usual one. All right. And then Barry goes, Yeah, no worries, mate. Uh, and then you see Daryl outside, sort of um, stand up from the bar, and walk out uh, and walk out of sight. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right, well, we're gonna let's go. Right, let's just go out the front then and uh, do what we got to do, and then we'll pop up and do some business, shall we, Butler? As you guys pop out the front, there's a light drizzle of rain, okay. and you stood outside there, and then Daniel speaks up and he goes, "Well, that could have gone better." Yep, well, that guy's a real lovely bloke, isn't he? Just uh, pro- wowzers. I mean, what a what an absolute anus. I'm gonna enjoy wringing his neck. Let's put it that way, Daniel. He, what the fuck did that woman see in him? I have no idea. But he'll definitely see something in us when we pummel him. Listen, he's expecting eight ladies to walk upstairs. What are we thinking, wigs? Yeah, no, I just think we walk in, fuck him up. No, but then we're inside. He's, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's strong, stronghold, didn't we? Look, you guys said you wanted the batter room and bring him to the mansion. Yeah. Yep. I think that ship has sailed. Yeah. There ain't no way you're going to carry him back to a pub. That's nope, true. Well, we've, we know we've got the room seclusively, so uh, exclusively, should I say. I'll um, tell you what, we'll go upstairs, we'll survey the room, we'll come out with some kind of excuse why they're not quite ready to come upstairs and meet this piece of crap. And then we'll just have to think on our feet, won't we? So I could uh, try and sneak sneak upstairs and burst in and... and, and oh, he won't, and then you ambush him? Yes. So you want to try and sneak in there without him knowing? And then we walk in, talk, occupy him, and then you pounce. Yes. I like if you it. walk in and talk, 
I will then sneak and hit. So just make him face away from the door. Right, I'll burst in, make a loud noise, start chatting to him, try and distract him. You sneak in behind him, we'll see how we go from there. How about that? Brilliant plan. All right, then, let's go. I'm going to walk upstairs and I'm going to knock on the door, Daniel. Grim, you walk upstairs, knock on the door, and then he's and he's like, Come in! Thank you! I open the door, walk in. You walk in with Daniel in your hand, and he's like, Where the fucking women? They're not quite ready. Put a little bit of rouge on. Where's the other fucking bloke? What is he getting him ready? Oh, is he's, he? talking, he's helping him out and he's going to bring him up. Yeah, yeah. rouge is here. Yeah. Bit of rouge. Uh, look. Oh, God. Uh, I'm excited to. Uh, Give these women safe passage, that's what I'm saying, yeah. That's it, on your word. Yeah, on my fucking word, mate, yeah. Right, let's have a sit down and talk business. You can see that this room, it just houses a table okay. and some chairs and things like this, wooden room, and it's got a window facing outside. He pulls out one of the chairs yeah. and he bades you to sit on it and then he face, he sits on a chair facing the door and he's like, Ooh. oh God, I do, I do love business. I do love it so. Right, so let's talk it then. That's the way, if that's your language you enjoy, let's talk business. So, well, I've got eight, there's eight maidens that require safe passage. You're saying you can get them there quicker. And you'd like to give me some money for them, is that right? Yeah, but we're doing a lot of fucking about. I want to see the cargo. Bring them up. They're coming on their way. They will be here shortly. But I just need to know, so how quickly do you think you can get them there? Yeah. While this is happening, Butler, give me your sneak roll. Yeah, you sneak silently. You've got 13. So, Grimald, as you converse... With Daryl side, you hear a walking coming up the stairs, and he goes, Oh, this must be them now. Yeah, that must be them coming up. Do you want to get the door ready? It's going to be a lovely entrance. And Butler, you can hear this, and he goes, Yeah, fuck it, go on in. And he walks up to the door, opens the door. Right, so as he turns to open the door, I am going to whack him with Daniel um, straight around the back of the head. I'm, I'm aiming for the nape of the neck. I'm also going to go for a punch in the face. Both of you give me melee attacks roll. A 12. 11. Grimald, you managed to hit him in the back of your head with your staff. Give me damage. Oh. Three damage. With three damage, you boff him on the back of the head, but then Butler swings up with his fist to come around the door. And, and unfortunately, because he's been hit in the back of the head, his head lunges forward and your fist misses swinging into the air. And then we're gonna go into initiative order. He turns around and looks at Grimm and he's like, you fucking cunts. I knew there was something shady about this. There's no women, is there? Genevieve sends her regards. Butler, you're up first. Come on, son. And I'm just going to go for a fucking short sword, right, like uppercut short sword maneuver. I got four. You slash your sword upwards and it sticks into the door frame. Ooh. And he's like, oh yeah? I'm going to. Uh, How is that then? You stupid prick. Nice one attacking the door frame. What, what? Did she, did she send her regards to the door frame? You stupid prick. You are a cunt. <laughs> You're not the first person to say that, you prick. And then he goes to ch uh, kick you in the nuts, but he too misses hitting the door frame. He's like, ah! I see how easily it happens now. Oh! Ow! Ah! Oh. Uh, Deserved that. Yep, yep. Not the first person to say that either. Oh! Cunt! Next up's going to be Grimald. Right, so I'm going to try and leap behind him uh, with Daniel, um, and I'm going to try and put it over his neck and, and try and, and choke him out, basically, with Daniel. Okay, let's do an opposed strength roll. 14. Um, you put the staff round his neck and begin to choke him. Two damage. Oi! Uh, get off, you prick! Have and some of this, you little... And next up is going to be the butler. Right, I'm going to start wailing on him. I've got an 18. Ah, why? Two damage. 
It is a fierce blow to the nose. It, you feel the bones crack beneath your fist, and you see a bunch of blood just start coming out of his nose. You are a pathetic excuse for a man. Yeah! Well, take this! And he goes to kick you in the nuts, hitting you right square in the nuts. <laughs> Suck it up! And he does two damage. It hits you right in the left bollock. Next up is going to be Grimald. Uh, I'm going to try and continue the pressure. Time I'm going to apply more pressure. I'm like, give him some shit, Daniel, while I choke him out. Give me a strength roll. Oh! oh 20 crit. Five damage total. With your five damage on your choke, you see him begin to go blue. You feel these, like, tendons and bones start to crack in his throat, and you feel his neck break, and a bunch of blood just starts spewing out of his throat, and you feel all the life just begin to crack out of him, and he just goes, Don't feel so good on the other side, does it, you piece of fuck? And then his body goes limp. <laughs> you won't be hurting anyone anymore, you sorry sack of spuds. Right, now we're murderers. Keep that door shut, butler. Right, you answer. And then you go and close the door, and you're sat there with Daryl Artisides limp, blue-headed, blood-covered body. What I reckon we should do is take this corpse, if I can even call it that, and I'll spit on it as I'm talking, throw him out the window and take it back to Genevieve. What do you reckon, boys? Yes, well, I suppose there is the evidence that she requires. She can do what she wants with his mangled corpse then, can't she? Wait a minute, what if the people downstairs see her body fall, fall past the goddamn window? Well then we do what we always do. Run! Good idea. So what happens is, in the next few minutes, is that you, uh, the butler runs downstairs and you throw the body to him. The butler expertly catches it, and, and it seems that everyone's too distracted with drinking and merriment. It is, after all, a Friday night, and there are too, too many pissed people. There is one guy outside who does notice the body falling, but he just gives it a kind of shrug as you guys <laughs> take the body and leg it back up to the mansion. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Returning to the mansion, the doors open by themselves as you um, bring the body back up. And then you see a ghost materialise in front of you as it regards this body. I'm going um, to get down onto one knee as the ghost appears. Same, I'm going to slump this piece of shit corpse down and then respectfully kneel in yeah. front of the ghost like and not, hit, not the fucking corpse. It is, of course, the woman from the painting. And she looks at the corpse, a tear falls from her eye, and then she looks at you, and she mouths the words thank you to you. And then you see the ghosts kind of dissipate like steam. And then Uncle Jay, he just comes up to both of you, shakes both of your hands. Well, I'm done with this horrible place. Yeah, it doesn't need to, well, it's quite clear you've been done with this horrible place for a long time. I mean, come on. Sure you want to throw that broom down? That broom ain't been good for years. Oh no, I could tell. Look, Jay, you're free. Thanks, guys. But where are you gonna go? Oh, I don't bloody know. Anywhere but this horrible town. You could join us. I mean, we're on a quest. To do what? Well, we'll talk about it on the way, but just be rest assured. 
it will come with fantastic rewards. Look, you, you're asking me to go on a quest with you? Yeah, I don't even know what it is. Well, look, we're trying to find the, uh, Daniel, where are we going? <laughs> to find Strad Van Zeradich. That's it, Strad. Go to find Strad. Jay, at the very mention of this name, he goes, Nah, I'm alright, boys. You know anything about him, do you then? See you in another life. Oh, alright then, Jay. And he sort of, uh, walks off into the dark Ravenloft night. Watch them plants out there, mate. Take care. Love you. So that was episode four of Raven Lord. Well done, guys. Well played. That was fun. That was, that was fun. really fun. That was gross and fun and sad and and and. Yeah. Oh, do you know what? I feel good though. Nice revenge story for you. Good yeah. old justice. This is justice. this is another uh, rare moment where at the end we feel like we've come up like we've we've done something great and we feel like we've accomplished rather, something yeah, as opposed than, to being scared exactly yeah rather than run away from a threat you know we, we, even we though we did gonna, we weren't yeah but we weren't <laughs> gonna but after we find out found out what had actually happened we was like nah nah we're not we're not gonna let this stand we're not gonna abide by this so yeah it was good I, I sort of half thought you guys were just gonna leg it nah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually um there was yeah, no, there was. Uh, oh, never mind. But yeah, I I think you guys did a fantastic job there, and uh, yeah, really, really well played. Um, I thought I, I was funny because I was wondering like, are these guys going to figure out that it's a poltergeist? Is mm. what was going to happen? You know, all of this stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think that you guys. It was kind of funny because you guys just thought, oh, it's ghost furniture, all of this. <laughs> and I, I sort of <laughs> yeah. came like when Daniel says, oh, it's ghost furniture. You guys were just like. Yeah, I guess that's what it that's is. That's what it must yeah. mean. Yeah. Just run, run away from the furniture. I loved riding the bed. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious, man. You guys are idiots. That was so fun. Yeah, we yeah when you yeah. tried to punch the bed. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. If so, there's anything, if there's anything oh. that's going to be immune to punches, it's a it's mattress. A yeah, it's true. A, a mattress is supposed to take a punch. Mm. Worth a shot, though. Worth a shot. <laughs> Worth a, always give it a try. Always give know? that bed a punch. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Thank so, you very much. Well done, everyone. And. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to uh, give the contact details really quick. So if you want to get in uh, contact with us, we've got uh, an email address, tabletoptwats at gmail.com, Twitter at tabletoptwats, and Facebook forward slash uh, tabletopt. And of course, we're on MeWe as well and Google+, Plus, which is shutting down soon. Um, additionally, if you want to donate a buck to this, if you want to see more episodes and, and things like that, and mm-hmm. you, you please get on Patreon and donate a buck there. Tabletop Twats, just search for it. Of course, if you do so, you will become a character in the show like Daryl Articide, who was named after Daryl Cartier. Yeah. Um, and also... Sorry about that, Daniel. Yeah. Uh, D- Daryl, sorry. <laughs> you, you were the worst, the worst, most deplorable character yep. in this show ever, most probably. But don't worry, you might come back. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, of course, Uncle Jay Raz, yeah. who was the cleaner yeah. of the mansion yes um, yeah so Uncle J Raz thank you very much for, for your kind donations yes and welcome aboard guys yeah thank you very much and uh, yeah that, that that's it for another episode cheers everyone see you next time take care goodbye bye I hope that was a good episode. I wasn't really paying attention I spent the whole episode trying to figure out a good paranormal joke And I think I've got it.
I bought a boomerang from a poltergeist once. That will come back to haunt me. No? Nobody? Ah, fuck it. See you next time on Ravenlord.